You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Brandon Frazier. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's one thing people named Brandon and Brendan hate, and that's to be confused. Don't care. You're listening to <laughs> Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s and early 2000s, and then we rip off the rose-colored glasses that you may be wearing about said movies, and then we throw them away into the sky and pull a shotgun out and we yell Paul and then we shoot him. I think we should just skip this from now on. I think we should just say <laughs> the rose colored glasses are coming off because it goes it goes nowhere every time, but I love it. So this week's episode is <laughs> The Mummy. It's uh, 1999's action adventure fantasy horror film The Mummy. That's a lot of titles and oh honestly God, it makes dude. sense because I can't quantify what this movie is at all. I sure can and I went 6 to midnight watching it. I am so happy we finally covered this. I'm glad we got a boner joke in too in the first <laughs> no, We got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh this is a loosely based remake of the 1932 film starring Boris Karloff. The Mummy has had two sequels, one released in 2001 that was The Mummy Returns, Mm -hmm. and then The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, was released in 2008, as well as a spin-off series called The Scorpion King, starring The Rock in 2002, which spawned three direct-to-DVD sequels, and now we have the reboot, starring Tom Cruise in 2017. I have a headache already. I really do. So what I'll tell you is The Mummy is the, the one that we just watched, the best property of all of those aforementioned titles, I mean, excluding maybe the 1932 film, I- I'm biased, and so I say it's better, but, you know, film historians may say otherwise. And when you say you're biased, I just want to clarify for the listeners that Brandon was quoting this movie the entire time. Like, yeah. spot on, the timing was perfect. You have this movie memorized, don't you? It's shocking how much I remember to this movie, uh, because I watch it every few years, but beforehand, I'd say when I was about 10 years old, this came out in 99, I would have been 8 when it came out. I remember renting it when it first came out. This was a big deal upon its release, because it was a huge, effects-heavy blockbuster. I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, but it was also kind of horror-like. Um, also reminded me a lot of Indiana Jones, so I had so much that I liked going into it that I I loved this goddamn movie as a kid. Really like, right in your so wheelhouse. Much. Oh, I loved yeah. it so much. And so this was one of the few VHS tapes I got to keep in my room. And I watched this movie incessantly, dude. Yeah, I can quote it to the point where it's like not even memorable lines, just weird side banter. You were <laughs> quoting the fake Arabic language that they were speaking. <laughs> because it sounds like the guy uses the same thing again and again. Anyway, yalla, yamchi. Crazy, man. <laughs> anyway... This is by far a better film, though, than the 2017 The Mummy. Have you seen it? I haven't, no. I actually, because I saw your review of it and decided not to go. Dude, it's terrible. Uh, And I know a lot of people can find some enjoyment out of it, and that's cool if you did, but I did not. Uh, Just so lazy. In comparison to this, which is is strange, okay? But let's get into it. (laughs) I was going to say, wait, what? This was eighth for the year of 1999. Uh, It cost $80 million to make, wound up making 155 in the U.S., and 415 million worldwide. This was a huge hit. Um, The filmmakers reportedly spent about 15 million of the budget on special effects, which which were provided by Industrial Light and Magic. 
He was nominated for Best uh, Sound, dude, at the uh, Oscars that year, okay? This is an Oscar-nominated film. This was nominated for Best yeah, Sound? Yeah, not visual effects, though. I don't know what else was... I mean, obviously, The Matrix would have been 99, but the... Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna tell you, right off the bat, I don't think these effects are that bad. For 99, in comparison to the, some of the stuff that was coming out this time, some of them hold up, a lot of the backdrops do not, but I will say, I think the effects are, are decent. I... Maybe I. All right, I'm just gonna lay this out here. I think by the end of this podcast, you are gonna be like, no, it's it's the the rating should be higher, and I'm gonna be complete opposite. Listen, but this is what I think anyway. Yeah, well, this may be one of those movies that the nostalgia, you know, really did carry me through, and I, I I'm gonna try to be unbiased. I'm gonna try to hear you out, but here we go with a little bit of the facts, a little bit of the background details of the Mummy. It's directed by. A gentleman named Stephen Somers. Now, his his career started out with The Adventures of Huck Finn with Elijah Wood back in oh, the God. early 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. He also did the live-action, shitty version of The Jungle Book. Not the recent one with Jon Favreau, but the one back in 94. Okay. He did a Deep Rising, then The Mummy. The Mummy Returns. He did not do the third one, but he did do Van Helsing and G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Wow, dude. So his <laughs> career, a great his career yeah. really took a turn at one point. And if anyone's career we can take, uh, we could talk about taking a turn, it's it's Brendan Fraser. Uh, oh, let's, my God. Let's, now, this is where we're immediately going <laughs> to... The, the yeah, two this, roads, they diverged at a fork, and I take the right and you take the left. When you, we mentioned this movie, we took immediate, <laughs> we immediately clashed heads about Brandon Fraser. Brandon Brendan Fraser, I think, in this movie, is, you know, your prototypical action-adventure hero. He fits the mold, he's got the looks, he's got the delivery of it. And no, I wouldn't put him in the same categories like a Harrison Ford, you know what I mean? But, like, his acting is no worse than, like... Like a Keanu Reeves at this time, which I find Keanu Reeves incredibly entertaining. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a good actor by any stretch of the word, but I find like a charisma and an entertaining like value of he's just entertaining to watch. I'll I like to you, watch. I'll, I'll give you this: I did not hate him as much as you anticipated. As I anticipated all right, all hating right. him. Now he's got some lines that make you kind of want to punch face. Yes, but. I was going to say there were a few times where we were playing a drinking game where drink every time you want to punch Brandon Fraser or Brendan Fraser. In yeah, the face. Brendan, exactly. Yeah, Come on, get me. it right, excuse dude. Me. Get it right. But the third film I will tell you is horrendous. The second one is I would say kind of enjoyable in the way that this is, but not nearly on the level of uh, quality. However, the third one. Rachel Weiss does not return, who Boo. plays in the love interest. Yeah, it's replaced by Maria Bello, and it's just CGI heavy. It's terrible. It's it's really bad. And that is a movie that you could watch and take a shot every time you want to take a punch at you know Brendan Fraser's okay. face. Yeah, so I'll give you that. But this is this 1999, The Mummy. Zach, what's your history with this film? Not a lot, really. Okay, um, this wasn't a movie that. Even back when it came out in 1999, I probably would have seen. And, uh, you know, it's a movie that I think pops up a lot on uh, television. Yes. Yes. So it's always cut. It's always commercial. So and I guess I just it never really struck me as something I wanted to watch. I wasn't really even back then impressed by a lot of CGI. Get out. I'm sorry. (laughs) And obviously didn't really like Brendan Fraser that much. (laughs) So I don't have a ton of history. I have seen it before. But like you and the page master last week, it had been quite a while. I, I hardly remembered anything from it. Well, interestingly enough, the other actors who were uh, considered to play Brendan Fraser. Wait on me. Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. Better. Better. Ben Affleck. Better. Matthew McConaughey. 
I want to go back and say I don't know if Ben Affleck would have been better, but go ahead. Matthew McConaughey, better. Tom Cruise, who eventually went on oh to God. replace him <laughs> yeah. in the new one. Come on. Um, and Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, no, you can't. No. Uh, all right. We'll, Here's what we'll, I'm also we'll, going to we'll say, the and this is my vote. I don't think Brendan Fraser nor anyone from this film goes in the terrible male lead protagonist. I don't think you can put him in there. I well, uh, I don't know. Does the brother? I don't think they qualify. I don't uh, think they're that bad. I don't know. Here we go. So we start off in Thebes, Egypt in 1290 BC. Yep, of course. So this high priestess, uh, Emotep, who's portrayed by Arnold Vosloo. I've seen him in a few other things. Yeah, he looked familiar to me, yeah. but not a lot. He's having a love affair with Anaxinamun, uh, the mistress of this pharaoh. So when the pharaoh discovers the affair, Emotep and Anaxinamun assassinate him. They stab him to death. There's a lot of gruesome sounding, like, yeah, stab, gushy sound effects. crazy. <laughs> There's a lot. Right off the bat, this movie is uh, PG-13, and she is scantily clad. This is, wearing I, almost nothing I except for some I swear to God, this is, like, the most PG-13 this movie gets. Like, the rest of it, it there's a little, like action-y, cartoony violence almost. Sure. But, like, this is, like, half-naked woman, like, someone getting stabbed to death several times. It's, it's pretty, pretty hot, brutal. Dude. Oh, oh, very brutal, hot. Brutal, yeah. What? <laughs> so she's all painted in gold, and when she goes to make out with uh, this Emotep, he winds up smudging some, some paint on her arm, which gets the pharaoh to be like, what the hell's going on here? You're cheating on me. They stab him. It's, it's shot silhouette-wise, which is kind of cool. I think it's also a way to just get around the R rating. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, no blood. So the guards come in, and uh, they kill her. She gets stabbed to death. And then the pharaoh, or the priest, rather, gets taken and mummified. So they cut his tongue out. They put him in a sarcophagus, and they fill it with these things called scarabs, which are which are peppered throughout the film. And I really loved these as a kid. They creep me the hell out. As an adult, <laughs> they're, I don't know, like, they're still kind of cool. There are, some, there are some shots and scenes I mean, in which they I mean, the concept of it, I think, is cool. It was, Yeah, it, it flips fl- and flops because you know they say in this uh, later on that you know they take forever to consume a body and then later on in the film you're, you're shown these scenes where people are, are eaten in a matter of seconds, seconds just completely yeah. devoured but anyway yeah this entire scene i'd say it's probably 10 minutes long and it's all exposition it's just the prologue to this oh, film God. setting it all up but it is literally every line of it and every shot of it is setting up kind of this lore of the mummy so to break down kind of what the curse is, I said the guards kill her. She actually kills herself, stabs herself, and they try to resurrect her body in Hamanoptera, which you'll hear quite a bit throughout oh this movie, yeah. um, with the Black Book of the Dead. Um, but it doesn't go so well. They catch him in the process, and um, because he's not able to complete the ritual, <laughs> which involves this weird, like, ghost smoke water monster <laughs> that comes out <laughs> very CGI and yeah. looks pretty bad, um, that, like, will <laughs> come out and like touch the body and then eventually it, but it, because the ritual is not completed it recedes back into its pool of extra smoke ghost water monster right, i don't know course, what's going yeah. on there but uh the guards come in they stop him from uh, from killing her essentially which would complete the ritual and then yeah like i said they mummify him they take out all of his uh vital organs and they put him in these weird ivory jars and whatnot and they bury that with him and essentially yeah it sets up the whole movie that the curse though itself it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I have to a me. real problem with this curse. <laughs> okay, I have a right. real problem with this curse. So this curse essentially makes him immortal. 
They're like, oh, yeah, he can be resurrected if anybody opens his tomb and he'll be immortal. This is narrated by the Magi character who comes on a little bit later. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. But anyway, so they're making him immortal. Why not just kill him? Why not just kill him? I don't. I just don't know what makes him immortal. Like they, they say that he's sent through this process that's the worst, um, I guess, mummification out there. And for whatever reason, they cut off his tongue. They do all the shit to him. They put him in the sarcophagus. And then for whatever reason, if he's ever brought up again, if he's ever resurrected, he will then become an immortal plague against all mankind. I don't know what... What brings like, that curse upon? I feel like I don't get it's it. just easier to kill him. What you'd think? Yeah, they just chop his goddamn head off and be done with it. I have a real problem with this movie right off the bat. Whatever, dude, doesn't matter. Then we cut to New Jersey. <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So it's 1923. We're back in Hamanoptera, and uh, it, it reminded me a lot of like Lawrence of Arabia. The way this is shot, it's actually really well shot. This opening yeah. like war. There's uh, Americans fighting, or I don't even know if they are Americans. It's Brendan Fraser leading this platoon of people who are shooting at all these other like Arabic sh- soldiers I guess I d- dude it confuses the hell out of me I don't know what one group is fighting for one group is fighting against yeah I don't know why Brandon Frazier is there, <laughs> even there like, in the first place it's so confusing and it's just like I think it's just to establish like hey he's in Egypt for some reason yeah but Brendan Frazier plays, uh, plays Rick O'Connell you know a classic Indiana Jones type hero here the Nathan Fillion from Firefly it all stems from Brendan Frazier of course <laughs> So he's kind of holding the line. They're killing hundreds of people. So many people are getting shot here. There's no blood or anything, but there's a lot of like shooting people at point blank range and stabbing people with swords. I know it's supposedly 1923, but you're going to tell me that we didn't hear about this battle in history. Hundreds died. Whatever, dude. He's beating people with guns. Uh, He's got four loaded pistols in his belt that he keeps firing off. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he makes his way. After being left for dead by this fucking character named Benny, who will not <laughs> leave this movie Dude, as, d- despite you I wanting hate to Benny so all much. the time, yeah, I, I'll agree. I'll let you have that one. He's yeah, a shitty character. Benny's the worst. Um, and also, is he played by an American? He's supposed to be an Egyptian. Well, his name is Kevin J. O'Connor. I'm not sure if he is. No, I think he's working or on Brendan Fraser's like. Yeah, team, but he right? has an accent. I don't know. Maybe he's an Egyptian. Whatever maybe. he is, dude, he's a bad. We whitewashed this movie. <laughs> They didn't care about that in 99. No, they did not. Um, So after he gets left for dead by Benny, I guess he makes his way to this, like, sacred ground. It's pretty much the statue of where the the body of Imhotep is buried. And as soon as he gets there, all of these, like, other soldiers surround him, about to kill him. And then they just, like, stop and, like, freak out and run away. All the horses run away. Everyone leaves. And he's like, oh, what? kind of confused as to what the hell just happened and then the sand i remember this from the trailer bro yeah, this was a sand big... makes a, a a sand mate a sand face essentially with an open mouth and this yep. was all over the promotional material. oh yeah of course uh, that's one of the things that you remember from the money mummy is a face in the sand so then we just cut from that though it really doesn't make a lot of sense um he winds up kind of just wandering off into the desert um and then the magi who are surrounding this cliff area who are watching him are just like just let him go he'll The desert will kill him. The desert will kill him. Well, joke's on you, Magi. (laughs) So then we cut forward, uh, what is it, three years, I think? Three years. And we're introduced to Evelyn um, Evie Carnahan, played by Rachel Weiss. She's this... Pretty cute librarian, um, but she's kind of... uh, She's a little clumsy. (laughs) She's absolutely a little clumsy. So she's trying to put away some of these books that I guess are part of this museum. There's a library 
in the museum. There must be. But she's putting up these books, and uh, there's actually a pretty kind of funny scene, a, a good bit of visual humor here, Zach. Why is there no smiles? You know what? I don't think there was a single time you laughed genuinely at the movie. No, I did not laugh genuinely <laughs> at this movie at all. At all. Oh, man. So we get this great scene of her knocking over like 10 bookshelves, and it's all one shot, which is pretty cool. That was a cool shot. Can you imagine messing that shot up? No, that which we were talking like some, some grip walking into frame as <laughs> he is fired for it's sure. a really good tracking shot. No, but what's cool is that disaster library in the library was done in one take, and it said that it would have taken an entire day to reshoot it if a mistake had been made. Holy That's crap. a lot of pressure, because then she yeah. rises in the same shot yeah. at the very end of it, so... You know, kudos to them. Yeah, good for them. Oh, my God. So we're introduced to uh, the curator of this museum, who's played by Erica Vari. I've seen him in some other stuff anyway, yeah, but he's, he's a surly little douchebag. Yeah. And we're also introduced to her brother, played by John Hanna. He's just chilling with some mummo- a mummified corpse, and there's a jump scare. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty awesome, dude. It's, it's pretty alarming. <laughs> he has come into possession of this key, which inside it is this map, this map to Hamanatra, which is apparently this land of treasure, this this sacred um, place that we, we were earlier introduced to Brendan Fraser, but I guess it's, it's holy ground where a lot of treasure is believed to be. Mm-hmm. So... The curator purposefully burns the map and tells them, like, oh, sorry, my bad. Um, But you don't know it's on purpose yet. Yeah, exactly. He plays it off like it's a mistake. And they wind up going back to the person who, I guess, gave the key to John Hanna? No, John Hanna stole it. Stole it. That's right. He stole it. Yeah. From Brendan Fraser, who's in full George of the Jungle mode at this point. Like, his hair's all long. This is, again, three years later. We don't know what happened in between to get him to prison. He just lived. But, yeah, he's in this Cairo prison, and there's also this stupid Joe (laughs) Pesci-looking... He's like the warden, the prison warden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he gets Brendan Fraser for them. Brendan Fraser comes out into the cell and basically punches the guy who stole the key from him and then, you know, is transfixed by Evie, as, you know, many would, Rachel Weiss. Yeah, beautiful woman. He winds up kissing her, forcing a kiss on her and telling her to, like, get her, get him the hell out of here if you want to find Hamanatra. He knows how to get there. He'll Sexual help you. Sexual assault. Sexual assault. Yep. But it's played for laughs, bro. But 1999. It's really funny, dude. 1999. Sexual assault's funny back then. She dude. also is really transfixed by it. She's like, holy shit. Yeah. No one's ever grabbed my face and made me kiss them before. Wow, he's strong. <laughs> so then, cut to, he's about to be hung. She's trying to barter with this. Uh, Prison warden, warden yeah. and she finally gets him down to 25% of the cut once because she reveals to the information that he knows where Hamanatra is. He'll take us there, and you know, you'll get a cut of this. And then, yeah, Brendan Fraser gets hung, his neck does not break. And apparently, during filming this, I guess he almost, um, you know, was strangled to death, which is, you know, a fun bit of trivia. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, but it's Brendan Fraser. He just knocked it off. He's a fucking man. It's because Brendan Fraser doesn't breathe at all. You know, the the other thing that we've forgotten to mention are the wipes that are in this movie. Oh, my God. It's like wipes Star Wars. Dude. I swear to God, the first thing I thought of was Star Wars because there's all these wipes and then just like giant, beautiful wide shots of CGI cities. <laughs> yeah, dude. They, they go it's horizontal, vertical, diagonal. Oh, they're the diagonal wipe. Oh, my God. I love it. So at this point, they get him out. I don't know. Is he technically their slave? Did they buy him or did they just buy his freedom? I don't know how this works I in this prison. I think they bought his freedom and so he just like has to guide them to the city as terms of his release. So the first part of this trek involves a boat trip. So they all get on this riverboat and... Uh, 
as well as them also trying to find Hamanatra is this American expedition team. Uh, the dad from Jumanji shows up, bro. Yeah, he's their guide or he's their translator. It doesn't matter. Yep, one guy's a blonde Josh Brolin. There's yeah. there's not a few recognizable faces in there, but there's like four of them, four or five of them. And uh, there's also Benny. Oh yeah, Benny is also helping them lead the expedition because he's obviously been there and he's planning on getting half of the profits beforehand, half afterwards. So he's got to actually make the trip. Reluctantly. Yeah. Uh, so there's this pretty good little line that sums up Brendan Fraser's character while they're at this poker game here on the boat. He walks in and says, I only gamble with my life, not my money. Pretty badass. Yeah, However, great, dude. he immediately makes a bet with these guys um, yep. that does it immediately. <laughs> first one to Hamanoptra gets 500 bones, brah. Great. That's a lot of money back then. Yeah, that is a lot of money, and good thing he only barters with his life, not money. <laughs> so I guess these like Egyptian pirates hop aboard. I guess they're or they're part of the Magi. I, again, I, thought I they don't were know part which of the Magi, group is but who it was is, tough to tell. I sure, can, sure, because yeah. the Magi are also they don't seem to be the villains because the leader teams up with them later. So I'm not supposed to. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about these characters. I don't know, dude. All I know classic, is they guard the desert. Classic bro. misdirection, dude. So these pirates hop aboard the ship, uh, and they just lay waste to shit like first they try to steal the key from rachel weiss um and you know brendan Fraser luckily winds up stopping that of course he's a hero okay so they're in search of this map and key uh brendan Fraser starts this fire and flames immediately engulf this entire boat in no time so people start jumping ship there's this whole shootout, you know, they wind up getting away, uh, they all wind up jumping off, and there's this whole, like, hey, Benny, you're on the, looks like you're on the wrong side of the river! Oh, yeah, that's right. Why are, like, half of these lines delivered like they were from Stand By Me? <laughs> I don't, I don't like, know. They're, like, children, like, making fun of each other, like, hey, <laughs> Benny, looks like a bunch of your dudes got shot, what a loser! So they start wandering through the desert, essentially. They get some camels, and they make their trek to Hamanoptra. Now the teams are separated, the Americans, and then our, you know, five characters here. The Warden, uh, Evie, her brother, and Brendan Fraser. So four of them. Yeah. Bad. But there's this huge desert montage, and then they meet up immediately, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's also a funny bit in that montage, though, where it's pitch black outside, and the Magi, miles away, oh, yeah. somehow recognize Brendan Fraser and are just like... This is a strong... He's a strong one. Again, this is why it's almost like Star Wars. <laughs> the Force is strong. No, you're right. You're Brandon right. He's, he's just a badass motherfucker. Holy shit. That guy's <laughs> yeah, that ripped. Guy's ripped. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get, I think, probably the most ridiculous slap in the face. Um, it's this, like... They're all lined up, and for some reason, the people who know what Hamanoptra looks like are kind of waiting, and everyone's just kind of like, well, what are we waiting for? And then all of a sudden, as the sun starts to rise, it's like the reverse of a mirage where you're looking and there's nothing, and then all of a sudden, some some riffles, some, some ripples in the air start moving, and then an entire an city entire is revealed. There. <laughs> Sweet, dude. <laughs> I don't know the science that's going on behind this. There is none. It's There's lacking. magic. But again, dude, it's just magic. It's Hamanoptra. It's Hamanoptra, city of dreams. You know what they say about Hamanoptra? What happens in Hamanoptra <laughs> stays in Hamanoptra. <laughs> So they finally get to the city, and I, I, it's you know it's pretty much sunken. Most of it's all underground, under the sand, and so they start digging into these like weird tomb area type things. Mm -hmm. Again, both expedition teams are split up after a confrontation with the Americans, where you know, so many people draw guns on each other. Dude, half this, movie. Of this movie is just like people drawing lifting guns, guns and on putting each them other. down, yeah, and lifting exactly. guns and cocking them, and then putting them back. <laughs> yeah, down. of course. 
So they have a squabble over which one's going to dig under, I guess, the statue of, what was it, Anubis? I don't know. It doesn't Does it matter. matter. It's going to get too thick, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not caught up on my Egyptian lore. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to dig underneath the statue um, to find this book. They want to find um, the book of Amun-Ra. It's this book made out of gold, and it's kind of like the book of life, not the book of death. The book of death is black. Um, but all of them are opened by this little key that, um, you know, John Hanna's character, her brother, Evie's brother, got earlier in the film. So our ragtag, uh, you know, team of heroes are down there looking for treasure, essentially, that book. And the warden guy finds these blue scarabs. Um, they're like in hibernation mode, though. They're like hard, almost like crystallized. Yeah. And so he thinks that they're gold and he starts taking them, putting them in his like little pouch. One of them falls on the ground and breaks out. And this is where we start to get finally some of the horror of the movie. Um, it gets into his shoe, and then this is all kind of cross-cut. So meanwhile, the Americans are digging up their tomb, and they, they have like this um, group of like indigenous workers or whatever yeah. kind of working for them. They open up the tomb, and they are immediately sprayed with like pressurized acid. salt acid pressurized salt <laughs> acid burns their faces off and melted then, if you ask yeah, yeah. Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> then we also cut to uh brendan Fraser's little group him the sister and evie uh, him the brother and evie and they wind up finding the sarcophagus of uh emotep so they're digging into that meanwhile the guy uh a bug gets stuck inside the shoe crawls inside the warden and we get this little CGI bubble moving across his like chest and whatnot. He's freaking the fuck out, just ah, yeah. Ah. And it starts to eat his brain. Yeah, it crawls all the way up to his head and into his brain. I love the sound design here, dude. I understand why the movie was nominated for best sound. Like, there's a lot of cool like the creepy sounds of the bugs like crawling and like the sound of it digging through the body. There's a couple things that this movie does right. It's that is cool. definitely one of them. So he eventually winds up freaking the hell out and running and smashing his head off of like the side of the you know brick wall, stone wall. And yep. killing himself he's dies and so the american team finds these uh vases those jars that contain the vital organs of emotep um and they also find the book of the dead but they don't have the key obviously so it kind of is is pointless at this point we get this little night scene where where the the romance between brendan fraser and rachel weiss starts blossoming of course like it was gonna do anything else However, um, she falls asleep before they can seal the deal with a kiss. Too um, bad. It's pretty unfortunate. It's yeah. pretty unfortunate. So I failed to mention that when they get these uh, jars, okay, um, they read on this this box, you know, where it's held, this curse that pretty much says, like, whoever opens this and says this um, is pretty much going to unleash this undead creature which will feed on people's organs to regenerate and will become a plague upon mankind. And they're like, sweet, let's open this shit up. <laughs> so when Frazier and his crew find the mummy, it's really gross and juicy, I believe is the word they, they used to describe it. Wasn't it wasn't fully decomposed. Yeah, because apparently the scarabs had taken all these years to slowly eat the body. Mm -hmm. But it was alive, there's like scratches on the inside of the sarcophagus and she's like fingernails someone wrote a message you up it said <laughs> <laughs> parents aren't home so that night when they all kind of make these discoveries that dad from jumanji falls asleep and uh, evie steals the book so she opens it with the key that her brother had and she uh, unwittingly stupidly reads a passage out loud 
Awaking the Mummy. Oh my God, the Mummy's awake! What are you doing, Evie? Rachel Weisz. So, not only does she awake the Mummy, but she unleashes an enormous swarm of locusts that just cover the entire place. They start swarming around people. I don't know if we're led to believe they eat them. I don't know. But well, then it's, the dad it's from Jumanji, yeah. yeah, the dad from Jumanji is just sitting there like, "What have we done?" <laughs> so. One of the American crew is down in the tombs here and uh, doesn't. He winds up tripping and where are my glasses? Another time in a movie oh, like they use like this all the time. Scooby Doo ish. Like, this is a lot like Scooby Doo. There's a couple trap doors later this on. This is a good old Scooby Doo Indiana Jones mix up. So he's you know fumbling around in the dark. Where are my glasses? And Benny runs over, crushes him, leaves him for dead. And uh, yeah, he's blind, kind of fumbling around and. I like I like the way this is shot because it goes in and out of perspective of you know blurry to to clear. But I like when you see mm-hmm. the mummy in blurry fashion because it is kind of creepy. Like, yeah, that'd no, be fucking it's creepy scary, to be down there. Yeah. Eventually, uh, the guy gets his eyes and his tongue taken out by the mummy because yeah, the, the whole plan is to pretty much eat whatever he eats, you know, I, or consumes. I guess it never really shows him eating anything. I guess no, he, he just like he sucks the life the life or essence or, the or yeah organs out of. People, I don't know, man. It yes. gets messy, but like all you need to know is that he's essentially taking his eyes and tongue. Yeah. So uh, there's this also this giant swarm of those scarabs that come up from underneath the sand, which is actually a pretty cool shot. I remember that also from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, they chase our leads, uh, and again, in a Scooby Doo way, uh, Evie gets stuck in this trap door and like, winds up getting like sent to this other part of the uh, tomb where she encounters the mummy, and he's already taken the eyes and the tongue of that guy who's like, Where my eyes? He took my, my eyes. eyes. <laughs> and then the mummy seems to think that she looks a lot like Anoxina Moon, like his uh, former flame. I disagree, by the way. <laughs> they do not look, anything, look alike. anything alike. But for whatever reason, yeah, he's just obsessed with her. Brendan Fraser runs into them, you know, gives him a whole scream, you know, again, trailer moment. He tr- screams, and then Brendan Fraser screams, and it's, you know, it's it's played for laughs. It's good stuff. Yeah, real fun. Come on, Zach. <laughs> so he, he shoots uh, the mummy. They run off. Once they get out of the tomb, the Magi are there, and they pretty much warn him, like, you done fucked up, son. Yeah, like, you fucked us. You unleashed this creature that we've been trying to war off for 3,000 years, and yeah, shit's going to go downhill fast. He will never eat. He will never sleep. He will never stop. <laughs> pretty good, dude. Uh, Benny, however, encounters the mummy down there and becomes his like slave because he speaks the language of speaks, the Jewish he, slaves. He speaks Hebrew, Hebrew yeah. to him. And he's like, ah, the language of the slaves, you could be useful to me. That's racist movie. Yeah, he also pulls out some jewels literally from nowhere. <laughs> he's just like, the yeah, reward yeah. Will, be, uh, will be great. So after the mummy finally consumes the flesh of the American guy later on, um, he slowly starts to becoming, kind of looking like the original actor, Arnold Vosloo. Mm-hmm. While this is happening, that somehow turns all of the liquor into blood. I, d- I don't know why. Well, it's one of the, it's plagues. the plagues. That's yeah. right, yeah. So he's starting to unleash the plagues. Then it starts raining fucking meteors and fireballs everywhere which coincidentally never does any damage to any place that are in it's always just like there's that one shot of it lighting one guy on fire but once they're inside it's chaos outside but they're never affected there's no rumbling or anything never affected by them so they confront the mummy uh, who is slowly rebuilding his body and as he goes to take Evie he notices a cat on a piano and freaks the fuck out and turns into sand and flies out the window. Yeah, which you think would maybe play into the end of the movie or something, but no, no. They're just like, they're like, oh, they're scared of cats because they're the guardians of the underworld, which is a little bit of Egyptian lore, but like, it plays no part 
moving forward. It just, like, scares him away. It's the ex machina. It just, like, scares him away at one point. Yeah. I don't know why they don't just carry a goddamn cat around with them for the rest of the movie. Just keep carrying cats. Cut cats' heads off and keep them just in your pockets or something. Throw them, like, little grenades to scare them off or something. Well, but that would be... Or maybe just keep cats alive with you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, so he's convinced that he can somehow use Evie to resurrect Anox and the Moon, so that's going to be his pursuit for the rest of this movie as mm-hmm. he kind of rebuilds his body. Cut to the Egyptologist who's running around, you know, the dark city with the Book of the Dead in his hand. Hey, guy, if there's a curse unleashed, they're trying to find this shit, be away from that. Just yeah. let it go. Walk away. Walk yeah. away. You can't even open it anyway, so I don't know why you're walking around with this shit. Chill out. But anyway, yeah, he gets sucked dry uh, by the the mummy. And they literally say that at one point, that it's sucking us dry. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, interesting one-liners in this movie. This is such a 90s movie with some of the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, And at this point, it's just like him killing off uh, these American crew members. So he gets another one at the hotel that they're staying at. Mm -hmm. While Brendan Fraser pretty much throws Evie in a room, locks the door, and says, like, don't worry, babe. We'll handle it. Yeah, we'll take care of it, babe. And you'd think she'd be mad about this moving forward, but the next time you see her, no, she's cool with it. So they decide that, all right, we got to find the gold book um, in hopes that this will somehow kill the creature, although they, they have no knowledge that this will work. They're just like, their one and only hope is like, maybe if we find the gold book, that'll kill him? I don't know what to do. Yeah. So outside, he's somehow now controlling all of these people. They're like slave zombies, essentially, walking around doing his bidding. They're just m- mumbling his name. Imhotep. Yep. Imhotep. They're essentially the army of the dead, apparently. You think there's like a DJ remix of that out there? Imhotep. I'm going to have to check Imhotep. out and look for it. That'll be, fingers crossed. Yeah. So while they're holed up into this, again, museum, I believe, they run into the goddamn a curator of the other museum. He's in on this whole thing, apparently, and works with the Magi. He's like the head Magi. Yeah, right? like what? Twist ending, bro. Shyamalan yeah, twist. So she does a little research in um, as the mob is trying to break in. Uh, so she discovers the Golden Book of Amun-Ra is inside the statue of Horus for whatever reason who cares dude yeah so they go outside and they start mowing down this like group of zombies with their car <laughs> um and the other American guy the final guy in their like little expedition team gets uh, separated and he gets sucked dry too bro and so now he's the mummy has fully become his old self but he's immortal now yeah probably would have been easier to just kill him back when he was you know captured but what do I know yeah and also like I, I prefer, even though it's CGI, I prefer, like, the, the look of the decaying gross oh, mummy. yeah. Like, it kind of got disappointing the, the further the movie went along as he became more and yeah, more human. Yeah, no, the, the decaying corpse was way cooler and way more intimidating, so I was I was disappointed when he became an actor again. So at this point, Emotep takes Evie, um, uh, they're going to be going back to Hamanoptera, and our lead characters are all surrounded, but guess what, dude? Sewer hatch right below their feet and they escape. Of course, because we all know that uh, Thieves has a very intricate sewer system and because uh, it's an ancient city. So they need to get to the city quickly and uh, so they go enlist the help of Winston, a suicidal pilot friend of Brendan Fraser. And when he I say suicidal, nowhere, he talks man. so much about wanting to have died in the war that he was in with his brother in or whatever. It's yeah. crazy. It's weird. <laughs> I just, and was this character in the beginning of the movie i don't remember he's not in the beginning he's literally in that one scene where they're all drinking and the wine, the liquor turns to wa- blood oh, or whatever and he walks in best and, yeah, yeah they're best friends and i guess they have a history dude uh, okay <laughs> 
So Winston is asked by Frazier, can you take us to Hominoptera? You'll probably die, man. This is, you know, this is a suicide mission, but guess what? We got to save the damsel in distress, defeat the bad guy, save the world. That's uh, a quote. That's a quote. That's a save, great line of dialogue. Save the girl, defeat the bad guy, save the world. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Oh, so man. angry. Anyway, I got so mad. You, you really I got, got furious really got at that line. I got really mad at that line. <laughs> So they take off in the plane. Emotep summons a sandstorm. Did you get it, Darude? Yeah, really good. <laughs> so uh, again, trailer moment. I remember this the most as a kid. Like mm-hmm. this whole like giant wall of sand that forms this face that like engulfs the entire plane. It's pretty cool. Frazier starts shooting at you know, it for some the quality reason. Quality CGI. This was a pretty again. Cool it's scene. not that bad. It's not that bad. So Evie decides that she's going to kiss Emotep to stop the storm. It does, but the plane winds up crashing, and Winston gets his wish. He's dead upon arrival, and, and they play and this out like we should care. But it's, it's really like, weird. Yeah, I, I was like, what's that character? Again? I know. I'm surprised. I taps didn't play or whatever, oh but yeah, God, he gets his entire plane gets sunken into quicksand, and fucking Frazier gives him a salute goodbye, bro. Oh, I got really angry at that too. <laughs> this movie was I was getting full on angry at this movie at this point. Cut to Hominoptera. Our you know leads are getting there. Jonathan winds up finding this scarab that again you know plays out the same way. It goes into his skin, but instead of killing him, Frazier's able to get his knife out, bra, and cuts that cuts that out real quick. And I feel like that scene would have been a lot more impactful if this was an R-rated movie because it just Probably. cuts away really quick and just screaming. So why do it at all? Well, again, this movie. It's almost like a horror comedy, for the most part, mixed with this action-adventure. It's like two movies kind of put together, almost four genres, and so. It, but, but to maintain the tone that it does... I think is kind of impressive. Like it doesn't, it doesn't veer too far off the right to be silly. It always strikes me as more actiony than anything. Yes, else. yes, no, anything else. But what I'm, I'm, what I was saying in this specific f- scene where they oh, take yeah. the knife out, why do it at all if you're not going to show yeah. them cutting out the scarab? But even just that shot, uh, it cuts from like it's like it cuts from the close up of him like cutting out. It's obviously CGI, the bug flying out, and then it cuts to a wide shot. It kind of pans down and rack focuses to the bug running up to the screen and then he runs out and then he shoots at it and it's a real practical effect of the sand kind of blowing up where they put some sort of, you know, little detonator device yeah. that they do in movies. This movie had a really good mix of practical There's a lot and CGI, of practical yeah. effects and you would also mention this has incredible sets. Like the sets, yeah. costumes in this movie are fucking legit. Like, oh, you can tell they put a lot of money movie. and effort into these sets. It was, a, I will say, visually, this movie. Not, but except for a couple really bad CGI moments. Yeah, visually, this movie is pretty good. Really good, yeah. really good. So at this point, Emotep is uh, summoning his dead priests. He's got Evie strapped to a table next to the body, the mummified body of Anax and Amun, and the whole thing is, I guess, to transfer her spirit into her somehow or whatever. I don't know. So our boys, uh, which is at this point, Jonathan. Rick O'Connell and the leader of the Magi guy. He's just helping them out. Like he's yeah, going to go on their I, mission with yeah. them, I guess. There's just um, three of them now. So they find this enormous like treasure chamber um, where mummies just start popping out of the ground everywhere. Uh, and again, some of them are straight mummies that came from beneath the earth. And then others are like, carvings on the wall turned into mummies they just kind of yeah. ripped their way off the wall it's really weird i don't know visually it looked cool but it didn't make a lot of sense like why not just put them up out of the ground i guess yeah weird ass inconsistencies 
So they start mowing them down with uh, shotguns, and, mm-hmm. and the Magi guy's got a like a like a he's got like a semi-automatic giant, yeah <laughs> machine gun from the airplane that he took off. Like, so they're laying waste to everything. At this point, Benny also finds the treasure room, and he starts to steal a bunch of shit, just like packing everything into bags that he can fit. Dude, I hate Benny. Oh, he's a wor- he's a terrible character. He might actually go into our list, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not really he's a not protagonist. In it. Yeah, he's, he's not an a protagonist. Antagonist. You're right. He's yeah. an antagonist. I gotta know the rules of the game. Brandon. Yeah, come on, Brandon. So meanwhile, Emotep, uh, the corpse is set. Everything's ready to go for him to try and resurrect her. Our heroes find the golden book of Amun-Ra, finally. They do. Um, and the Magi leader seemingly sacrifices himself. He's just like, I got this, because he runs out of bullet and just starts beating the <laughs> shit out of zombies. And then Frazier, without hesitation, throws a dynamite stick into there, blows it all to hell. Hardly asks. Yeah, so you think he's dead. So the zombies are attacking everybody. And the golden book that they've retrieved, the brother who doesn't really know how to read ancient Egyptian apparently has on the inscription this little saying that will turn all of the zombie mummies against everybody else if he just says it. Yeah, I think this was like the writers helping out because I it, I don't get it. Why would it have that on the cover? It's just completely like yeah. Well, first off, he summons them. Like the brother reads off the book, the the front of the book, because they can't get in because the uh, Emotep has the key. They need mm-hmm. the key to open it. So he's just reading this transcription on the outside. First, he summons these like general looking zombies who come out and to attack Brendan Fraser after Brendan Fraser has this really long kind of affects heavy beat down of like 10 different zombies he's, he's like cutting their heads off he's kicking dicks he's doing all kinds of shit and these general zombies come out and at this point she's like finish the inscription and you'll be able to control them for some reason why yeah well why i'll tell you why, why? Would because that be the, on the generals front of the are about to kill brendan fraser literally a second away and he finishes the transcription and they stop as the blades are about to touch his face yeah but why would it be on doesn't the front matter. of the book doesn't matter dude doesn't matter and it, ma- yeah, no, it makes no <laughs> sense it makes absolutely no sense so finishing the transcription, he then sets them on an ox and a moon, and they stab the shit out of her again. Um, again, in silhouette style. Pretty sweet. Eh, pretty sweet, dude. Pretty hot. At this point, the mummy is furious, so he just goes after Brendan Fraser, and they're like, distract him as as Jonathan managed wind up to get the key. So as they're opening up, trying to find the right thing to kill him, I guess. Again, I don't know how what knowledge they have. This is ancient Egyptian, written in gold. Yeah, but it was. But, but there was an explanation very early in the movie that Rachel Weiss is one of the very few people who knows how to read ancient Egyptian. Not only that, but she was hired at the library, according to the cu- the museum curator because her parents were the best customers, were the best were patrons. The best patrons. Can you imagine that? That's like going to Walmart every day, and on one of your trips out, the guy's just hey, like, Hey, you, know you buy a lot of 30 racks of beer. You know what? Your daughter's the new GM. <laughs> I'm going to hire your daughter. <laughs> so weird. Anyway... <laughs> So they finish the inscription that they need after Brendan Fraser takes a whooping, but dude, he's an American hero. He just keeps on. He's not even taking bleeding. It. He's not even bleeding. Doesn't yeah, actually zero blood in this no movie blood at in all. This movie actually, at all. yeah. Nope. So they finish the inscription, but he doesn't stop, and he's like, "What the hell? I thought he was gonna die," and he winds up stabbing him, and he's mortal. Oh my god, they made him mortal. So he backs away, and in probably the most bizarre imagery in the movie, this weird ghost ca- carriage comes down to steal his soul to take it to the underworld. And, like, his soul has, like, it's literally him, like a ghost version of him with wings that's, like, fighting to be taken like, back. No! And that's what actually, yeah, no, that's what take, gets him mortal anyway. Yeah, that's, that's what makes him mortal. Yeah, Brendan Fraser and stabs him. Immortality or something. I don't know. 
fucking know. All you need to know is Brendan Fraser got the job done. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course. They're, At this point, the whole place is fucking crumbling to the ground, right? Yeah, because, oh, because, Benny, yeah. because Benny came back in to get more gold, the greedy fuck, and he, <laughs> leaned, he leaned on a lever, and suddenly the place is collapsing. Like, not just the the temple that they're in or the tomb that they're in. The entire city is collapsing. And so Brendan Fraser and our heroes escape. They try and rescue Benny, even though Benny's been a douchey coward the entire movie. (laughs) And they can't. He gets trapped in the treasure room, and all of a sudden the scarabs come up. And we're, I guess, led to assume that this is when the scarabs take their time to eat somebody's flesh. Yeah, dude, this is a great shot. I like it because it's this wide shot as all the scarabs are surrounding him and there's treasure all around him. And the darkness, like his torch is running out of fuel or whatever, so this flame is slow. Going dark black. and then it fades black, yeah, and you hear the gruesome noises of him being eaten apart. It's it's pretty effective. Yeah, it's not bad. So yeah, dude, but our heroes make it out, and guess what? Not only are they alive, but the Magi leader's alive, too. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank God, dude. He's gotta Thank be in the god. sequel. Yeah, of course he dies. Mommy returns, two thousand one. Hey, dude. So you know, he's like, Oh, well, that's great. Jonathan's like, Oh, that's great. You know, we walk away empty handed, and Brendan Fraser's like, I wouldn't say that. He and starts then, macking oh with his God. sister, bro. Not <laughs> Brendan Fraser's sister. <laughs> right, Jonathan's no. sister. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Imagine Brendan Fraser's sister walks in <laughs> for no reason. They start making out. Ew. That's the ending I wanted. <laughs> so anyway, I don't <laughs> Anyway, uh, they get on the camels. They start walking away. But guess what? All, some of that treasure that uh, Benny stole is in a satchel around the camel. They, they walk on. It, they didn't so even they... know it. And in the sequel, they're rich as fuck. Of course they are. They have a mansion, bro. And that's The Mummy, 1999's The Mummy. Wow. What are your thoughts? Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's a couple of things about this movie that I really like and some things that I really, really don't like. Uh, one thing that I really like, visually, very, very impressive movie. It really is. You can tell that they put a lot of time and effort and money into this movie. Yep. Uh, thing I don't like. Brandon Fraser. Interesting. Um, actually, he's. Uh, I think I said that just to get a rise out of you. He's not terrible. He's not great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, he's not suddenly like. No, I love Brandon Fraser. Yeah. He's he's bearable. He's a, he's a good action hero in terms of he doesn't really need to say a lot. He just needs to fake punch people. Sure. And he does that. I'll go back to something I liked. Sound, very impressive sound in this movie. Really good sound design. Really good. Um, thing I didn't like, this movie was almost two page masters long. <laughs> it's like a two-hour movie. It's too long. It's, uh, all right, it's yeah, far no, too long. I'll agree with that. You could have gotten it done in an hour and a half. It's almost two hours. I say you could take out the entire plane sequence. You see, you take mm-hmm. out Winston, you take out that whole sandstorm. Yeah, and even though that's leave. like one it's of the visually cool, like, impressive scenes, it. but you don't need yeah, it. You don't nothing, need... Yeah. There's, a, there's one scene that we glossed over over where they fight the magi and yep, it's this huge yep. drawn out like almost 15 minute battle scene you don't need that either it's just it was a bit too long of a movie what about you watching it now uh it's a movie that you clearly love so it, again i can't say that i love this movie looking at it objectively completely objectively yeah there are a lot of flaws you know what there are a lot of in this movie are cgi wide open mouths oh my god so <laughs> every time many. the mummy opens his mouth it's just between mexican standoff rubber mouth yeah yeah, yeah exactly. between mexican standoffs and giant mouth openings <laughs> sand faces that's 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 what you get with the I mean, mummy. that's 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 the summary of the movie here's what i'll say i think the direction of this movie is actually pretty solid to maintain this level of the tone that it does to be light 
and kind of breezy, which is not something that you get nowadays. Like, I feel like if this movie was made today, which it was, The Mummy, that movie sucked. And it was because they tried to be really dark at a lot of times and then also try to infuse this humor. This movie, it really does make, maintain this, like, Indiana Jones meets, like, the Universal Monsters tone. And I really, I like that still today. You can tell that this movie draws a lot from a movie like Indiana Jones. It does. Because if, There's the, a if lot I'm going to say nods. one movie that it does remind me of, it is Indiana Jones, where it's, you know, kind of a quirky, uh, uh, action-y, and with a couple, you know, scary things infused in it. I, I hate these movies that have like seven genres attached yeah, to it. I'll agree. But yeah. I think this movie out of a lot of the ones that we've watched on this podcast deserves to have multiple genres. I wouldn't say it's a horror, but there's a couple good scary moments in it. Yeah, I think a lot of the visual effects kind of hold up. Again, there's some backdrops and a few character moments that are laughable. But I think for the most part, 1999-wise, this this still holds up. I think that Brendan Fraser is is just an enjoyable presence. Like, I look at the action heroes of today... And I say, like, he compares absolutely with, like, a Vin Diesel or, or or someone of that caliber. I'm not saying that, like, that's that's where we're ranking people. But, I, I, again, I could watch him, again, <laughs> probably not as much today. But in this time period, for this character, I think he works. I think the supporting cast is fairly decent, especially Rachel Weisz. She's really good. The leader of the Magi is kind of good. And that's, I mean, the brothers. I actually wanted a lot more of that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really and did, he's yeah. in the sequel, I think, from what I can remember more. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really enjoyable, kind of entertaining, guilty pleasure. Roger Ebert says it best. He gave the film three out of four stars. Mm-hmm. And his review was, there is hardly a thing I can say in its favor, except that I was cheered by nearly every minute of it. I cannot agree, I, I cannot argue for the script, the direction, the acting, or even the mummy, but I can say that I was not bored, and sometimes I was unreasonably pleased. I mean, that's exactly how I That's would exactly how it. I feel. I mean, it, it's just like, I wasn't bored, it's true, and I had moments where I was like, oh, this is kind of enjoyable, but overall, as a movie, I wouldn't exactly call it good no but this is a movie that when my son turns eight or ten years old this will be the perfect if i ever have a son <laughs> like i have one now my kid son or daughter i think what this about is your a, daughter exactly yeah. my son or daughter i think this is a great movie to introduce them to the horror genre to give them a taste of what scary movies are kind of like because it's so not scary but it you know it, it introduces them to a lot of them tropes and and cliches that you're you're gonna face in the genre i guess but it's but it's kind of family friendly. <laughs> I don't know. There's some partial nudity and a lot of shooting and so many stabbing. But you know, again, not a lot of blood. I I can see why I enjoyed this so much as a kid. Brandon uh, strategizing his future children's movie going <laughs> movie experience. Going experience yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get to the ratings part. Uh, what was this movie given on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't think we said. So it's a 7.0 on IMDb okay. and a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. It's pretty so high. It's not. I think that's one of our highest rated is, films. Yeah, this is fairly well regarded by fans and uh, at least mixed reviews by, by critics. Okay. I'll go ahead and start because um, I think you started last time. But I... I'm going to go ahead and say this movie maybe gets a 40 in my mind. I, I think 57 is a little high. Okay. Um, just because I think if I'm going to outweigh all the positives to all the negatives, there's a lot more negatives. Um, again, I think it's a little too long. I don't – well, 
I will admit begrudgingly that Brendan Fraser doesn't take anything away from this movie. I don't think he adds much to it either. I really don't. Um, but again, wasn't bored uh, visually and sound wise. There's some pretty impressive things in this movie. Um, I wasn't bored, but I, you know, 40, 40 for me. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this, oh man, I think this is a movie that I can actually tell. I'm blinded by my nostalgia. Oh my god! But at the same time, it's a movie I'm definitely going to revisit. It's and not your it job, did man. Not it, it held up for me. I'm going to give this a 69 Holy for obvious reasons. Crap. <laughs> I know, I know. A 69. It's a fresh. This is a fresh movie in my mind. This is three out of four. Honestly, if I were to give this three out of four stars, rightfully, it should get a 75 because I'd probably give it about a three star out of a four star. I know, dude. I know. But I'm giving it a 69. The practical effects, the sets, and again, it's just an entertaining as hell movie. I can't get it. I can't. That's it. 69. I'm done. 69. <laughs> Oh my god. That's the highest score ever I've ever given. given out yeah, on this honestly, podcast. it's my favorite movie of the movies we watched so far. I, I can't I it's just, just again one I'm blinded by nostalgia, but you are, and that's not your job. Shut Brent. your face, dude. Shut your face. Holy I can't help but how crap. entertaining this movie is. Like I couldn't find I'm trying to think of a movie that was released this year mm-hmm. that um you know, fit this mold, fit this genre at all. Oh, they don't make them anymore. They don't make them anymore. They really don't. It's just and again, like the amount of practical like stunts and shit in this movie like gotta give it credit man all right i'll give you credit too because part of this podcast is to figure out what holds up and what doesn't and we're allowed to disagree on that every once in a while zach uh, can i talk to you in the other room for a second <laughs> i'll punch you in the face <laughs> all right so what are we doing next week brandon so next week actually is uh quite interesting zach i, mm-hmm. I, I want to break next week next month down rather okay so sure. October is going to be Oktoberfest for us here at Nostalgia Be Damned. Yes, it is. We're going to be drinking some lager, talking about some Halloween-themed films for the entire month. The first three weeks, we have nailed down right now, and I'm going to give you a little tidbit of information, a little peek behind the curtain. You're going to you're going to get them right now. Okay? Here we go. So next week, we are starting off with the Disney Channel original movie, Halloween Town. Do you have a copy of that? Oh, I've got a copy of not only number one, but number two is a double feature. Bruh. All right, just bring number one over. It's fine. <laughs> So, first week, Halloween Town. Then we're following that up with one of my favorites, um, Ernest Scared Stupid. I, I legitimately want to know how many of our listeners have seen this. Movie. I don't know if many have seen it, but it is going to be a hilarious episode. It's a terrible film, it's Zach. Really but bad, I but can't wait to watch it again. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Then we're going to follow that up with Casper. The Friendly Ghost. Oh, my God. Yeah, live action. Bill Pullman, dude. We get him back. I'm so excited. I'll be excited to see him. We're doing a lot of repeats for actors lately, and Bill Pullman's one that I'm happy to see come back. Now, for the fourth week of October, the week of Halloween itself, we wanted to do a straight-up horror movie, okay? Because we're fans of horror. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to do all family horror films, despite us watching a lot of those more when we were kids, I guess. But for this last week, we want you to vote on the title that you'd like us to cover. So... Nostalgia be damned pod at gmail.com. That is our email address. Yep. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Nostalgia Be Damned. That's right. So you can either send us an email there, nostalgia be damned pod at gmail.com, or Facebook message uh, selecting one of the following four films, okay? So one of these movies we'll be covering the week of Halloween. It's either 1999's Sleepy Hollow, 1998's Halloween H2O, 
1999's Final Destination, mm-hmm. and 2003's Freddy vs. Jason. Now, I know which one of those I want, but... Yep, we're going to see which one, whichever one gets the most votes, we'll wind up doing, and uh, you can actually keep those requests coming, because November is Listener Request Month. What would you like us to watch and cover? This can be a movie that you hold dear in your heart. Write us a message on Facebook or send us an email at nostalgiabedampod at gmail.com telling us why you want us to cover that, and we'll pick our favorites and read them on air. We've gotten a very... A uh, couple very good suggestions so far. I'm excited for November, I think. No, that's going to be fun. And, dude, Halloween is my Halloween's favorite holiday fun, yeah. out of them all. So I, I love horror movies. I love horror-themed things. I can't wait to discuss these next couple of movies, especially Frosty on a few pints of mm-hmm. lager. Oh, absolutely. We got, a, we got a good couple of weeks coming up. We're really looking forward to it. Um, real quick before we... Uh, finish this up too we want to give a quick shout out to a couple of guys in australia that's right the thrill me podcast i've been listening to these guys for a while they're some great guys they chat about horror and action movies pretty much exclusively which are my two favorite genres so i'm down to listen absolutely um and yeah they they gave us a shout out on their podcast um just letting us know that you know they're listening and to give you know their really wonderful things too thank you so thankful such positive feedback really great you guys are great giving them a listen they're right on uh, itunes search thrill me podcast they have um, got sexy accents too. oh dude i love oh it my i gosh. love their la- oh man they really do they're great guys uh but yes again send us an email let us know what you guys want us to cover for that last week of october and uh the month of november yeah it's gonna be fun uh i i think we got a lot to look forward to on this podcast we do um zach last week um it's been a tradition here where you're just kind of leaving things on almost cliffhangers uh, oh with regards God. to what happened with yeah, the well, network you know and what? Harvard I'm a little, and your I've, I, I meant to bring this up, actually, because I'm a little peeved at you. Okay. Because uh, if you remember last week, I mentioned that we have this uh, we have this lawsuit with the network coming up. Uh, and I went to Harvard very briefly to try and get my law degree to better defend us. I was then... Uh, parted ways with Harvard for reasons I won't get into. And I told you last week that I had a non-disclosure agreement and you just kept bringing stuff up. And now I have a second lawsuit on my hand. So thank you very much. I now have two lawsuits, one against the network and one against Harvard. So, uh, things are not looking great for me, legally speaking. Um, and I can't help but blame you for a little bit of it. Are you, are you breaking the NDA? Right now, by no, I can tell. Out. I can tell you, I've got a lawsuit. I just won't tell you what about. Okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from there. <laughs> Please join us next week for uh, Halloween Town, and uh, everybody, just make sure you save the damsel in distress, defeat the bad guy, and save the world. I hate you. <laughs> you want to see what they did to my mummy? Pulled his organs out of his tummy. Put him in spice. Wiped him in a jar, painted him up with sticky tar, wrapped him in linen from his head to his toes, pulled his brains out of his nose. That's not all the embalmers did. They buried my mummy in a pyramid.